Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Place of being a fruit. And God wants us to live fruitful lives. Somebody say fruitful. Fruitful, if you break the word down, it's full of fruit. Our lives should be full of fruit. And God has commanded us to live fruitful lives. The first thing God commanded, that's the first commandment that he gave to humanity. Be fruitful. It's more important now than it was then, people of God, because. Somebody say because. How many of you know that we live in a dark, sin-sick world? And the only way, some people are not going to cross the threshold of the church until they see a sermon in real life. And for that reason, we must be fruitful. And God said, in order for us to be fruitful, he said, we're going to have to deal with some elephants. Somebody say elephants. Elephants, y'all know the colloquialism elephant in the room. That is something that it, that it, it is undeniable. It is so big that nobody can de deny it, but yet and still people ignore it. Anybody ever been in a, in a job place or anything like that? That it is something that it is, it is a real obvious thing, but nobody wants to talk about it. Well, God said, there were some, there were some things, some real tangible things that I want to do for my people. But, somebody say but. You got to deal with the elephant in the room. You have to deal with the elephant in the room. We're not going to do a big review last week because of time. But it is online and you can get our podcast. You can, you can go, go in and uh, get, our, get our mobile app. And you can, you can get it and you get the podcast about 10 o'clock every Monday morning. And you can review that. Amen. Amen. So we're not going to do a review today. But we're going to jump. Last week we talked a little bit about the basement and the things that we hide. You know, the basement is for hiding things. When you want to keep the living room and everything straight, you throw everything. Everybody got a junk place, junk drawer, junk something, right? You throw stuff in the basement to hide things. The basement represented our heart. There's some things that we, that we, we had hidden in our hearts, and God revealed some things. Did anybody get free last week for some things that was hidden in the heart? Amen. We're not going to go into everything. I want you to listen to it. Amen. But God did some surgery on us last week, and this week we're going we're gonna to deal with the living room. Somebody say the living room. And first, before, before we go, I, I want to thank, the, the, and it's a wonderful set. Don't it look authentic? Look, we even, I, I even look, look, y'all. I'm going I'm to want y'all to draw up there. Maybe they're going to go in on the camera. This right here is my high school graduation picture. At the church, I want to look, see how much I didn't age or not. This is uh, Lady Tiffany's graduation picture from, uh, from college. Right here, it was like a week before we got married. I'm like, marriage done me good. I was looking kind of poor right there. <laughs> and this is when I was 19 and Lady Tiffany was 18. We, we was advanced. We was taking pictures. We hadn't been dating like two months. We taking pictures already. I guess we kind of knew, right? And so we wanted to warm it up and kind of make it look like a living room. But everybody knows the living room. Now, it, it, may have, it may have scattered out a little bit. It may not be as true as it has been in the past. But... You know, the traditional living room is where all the activity in the house happened. You know, it wasn't no 
kids get your get you know uh, get go ahead and get your get your lunch and go and go eat go eat and look in your TV. You know, back in the day, it wasn't a TV in every room. It was one room that had a TV. My kids don't have TVs now. Because anything they watching, I need to be able to come and see in the public. I ain't telling you what to do in your house. I'm just telling you what to do in mine. But you used to have one TV and one sitting room, and the family sat together, and we were going to watch Ed Sullivan or whatever we were going to watch. Tell somebody, we did it together. Thus, they call it the living room. That's where everybody came and lived. You went to your bedroom to sleep and rest and recuperate. But, uh, but if you wanted to do some living, some interaction with each other, tell somebody you did it in the living room. You did it in the living room. And God said that I want my people, through, through, through the word right here, I want you to turn with me to John 10 and 10. We read it a little bit last week, but this is going to be our scripture we're going to launch from today. John 10 and 10, Jesus said this. The thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. Tell somebody he does his, jo his job well. But Jesus said, but I have come that you might have life. Somebody say life. life. And that you might have it more abundantly. The Amplifier said, I come that you might have life and life to the full. Somebody say full. Jesus didn't come for you just to exist. He didn't come for you just to miss hell. He came that you might have life life to the full. Somebody say life to the full. And again, I, I'm going to give you this disclaimer that this message is mainly geared towards people that are in the body of Christ. And I know there are people I'm not, I even think that, that people that, that are in this room today are uh, some, everybody's not saved and we're going to give an opportunity for you to accept Jesus before we leave today. But this series is, 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 is targeted towards believers because we are good at doing church. But we are bad at doing life. Can I say it again? I've preached already. We churchgoers, we know all the colloquialisms. We, are no, we know how to say we're blessed and highly favored. We know how to shout. We know how to curtsy. We know all the protocol. First giving honor to God, saints and friends, all the deacons and everybody. We know all the protocols. We are good at having church. But we are bad at life. Divorce rate in the church is just as high as it is in the world. Teen pregnancy of, of saints is just high. The debt levels in the church is just as high. And I believe that we're not living the abundant life that Jesus died for. He died more than you just to miss hell. He died so you can have abundant life. Life to capacity. Life to the full. How is it going to over? How, how can we ever get to the point of overflow if we're not to capacity? Oh, that was worth the trip. Tell somebody, we must get to capacity. So John 10 and 10, it talks about this, that, that we must live life to capacity. The first thing is we have to make a decision whether we want to be alive or we just want to live. So gentlemen, sit beside you for a little bit. Is that all right? <laughs> We're talking about In John the 11th chapter, y'all turn to me. We do a little Bible study. John the 11th chapter, in the 43rd verse, it says this. this. This was after Lazarus had died. They had told Jesus that Lazarus is sick unto death, and he's like, you know, he's not, he's not going to die. And even if he do, he's just sleep. He's going to wake up. How many know that Jesus knows all? And it's not finished when Jesus is still involved. 
I tell somebody in this place? As long as Jesus is still involved, it's not finished. The minute you get away from what, the minute you get away from the master, there's a risk, there's a, there's a coin flip that, it may, that it, may, it may survive, it may not. But as long as Jesus is still involved, there is still hope for life. And he, and he, and he, Jesus comes to the place and, and, and Lazarus' sister said, he said, Jesus, if you had come early, my brother would not have died. He said, he's not dead, he is only asleep. How many got some things in your life that seems a little lifeless? But how many of you still got Jesus? Tell your neighbor besides it's not dead. It's only asleep. <laughs> Thank you, God. It's not dead. It's only asleep. And, and, and when Jesus saw the calamity that people were, people were, people were, uh, they, 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 were they were all in the misery, it is the shortest verse in the Bible. And I laugh because my brother, my brother right above me, when uh, <laughs> Minister Pat, she used to make us memorize verses and my brother would always pull that one out. Jesus wept. He's like, if I don't remember nothing else, I know the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. And then technically he was right. <laughs> but, but, it, but the word of God said Jesus wept. And people, people try to ascribe to the point, that, ascribe to Jesus that Jesus was weeping because of his friend Lazarus. And that's not the case. He was weeping because of the lack of faith of the people. He said, they don't realize I've already declared that he's going to live again. And they up there accusing me that you're the one who can bring him to life and can stop death if you had only showed up on time. Jesus like, they don't understand the concept that I am the embodiment of the word and life. And when I speak, something is going to happen. So Jesus, Jesus was grieved. And so therefore he wept because of the lack of faith of the people. How many times are we grieving the Holy Spirit because of our lack of faith? That God wants to get involved. He's just on the edge. He showed up on the premises. You know, there were some places that Jesus couldn't perform miracles. Why? Because of unbelief. That as powerful as he is, he is bound by or released by the faith of those around him. Could it be possible that God's activity in your life is being relegated, released, or inhibited by the exercising or the muting of your faith? God, I'm waiting on you. And God said, I'm waiting on you. Get in the position of exercising your faith. But Jesus said this in, in John eleven forty three, 43. And when the, the, he, he prayed to God, and then, and when he thus had spoken, he cried, cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth. But look at this, y'all. He was bound hand and foot. Somebody say bound hand and foot. With grave clothes. Somebody say with grave clothes. And his face was bound with a napkin. I'm going to stop right there just for a second. I want to talk to us who are alive, but bound. Wow. How many of us that the blood of Jesus has made us alive? We once were dead unto sin, but Jesus and his life and his blood has brought us into a newness of life. The word of God talking about that we are new creatures. Old things are passed away. Behold, I'll make all things new. Tell somebody, I'm alive. But even though he called Lazarus by name, 
mummified, wrapped in grave clothes, feet and hands bound. Alive, but bound. Alive, but addicted to pornography. Woo, I'm talking about saved folk. Alive, shit, God Almighty. You can be alive, but bound. Bound by a poor self-image. Bound by words and deeds that people said to you a long time ago. Bound by the molestation. Bound by the rape. Bound by the divorce. Somebody say alive but bound. He was alive. But Jesus wasn't satisfied. Aren't you so glad that Jesus won't leave us the way he finds us? And so Jesus told them. Look at y'all. He was bound by hand and foot. And that's what the devil wants us to do. He wants to bind us up. He said, I don't mind you being saved. I don't mind you being on your way to heaven. But I'm going to bind your hands and your feet up so that you can't walk for the kingdom and you can't do anything for the kingdom. God, I thank you. And not only was his hands and his feet bound, but it said there was a napkin that covered his face. Meaning that his vision was obscured. Even though he was alive, he couldn't see clearly. I'm talking about living versus being alive. The napkin covered his whole face, meaning he couldn't speak clearly, couldn't see clearly. Covered his whole head, he couldn't think clearly. Because he was bound by the head, the hands. In the feet. But whom the Son sets free, he had the opportunity to be free indeed. The Word of God wouldn't, would not have said that unless there are degrees of freedom. There is indeed freedom, and then there is freedom. And see, what the devil is banking on is that we settle for just being free from the punishment of hell. But God wants you to be free indeed. And so for you to be free indeed, you're going to have to make a choice that not only do I want to be alive, but I want to live. And so Jesus told him, seeing the condition that he was, he was bound by the hands. He was bound by the feet. His face was covered with the shroud. And Jesus said, uh, said unto them, loose the man and let him go. Somebody say, loose the man. Our objective is to make sure that you get loosed in every area of your life. Jesus has already gave you the commandment. He was alive and bound. And when they unwrapped him and freed him, the miracle was complete. Can I tell you today, people of God, you are an incomplete miracle. God, oh, thank you. Tell somebody, I'm incomplete. We're in the process of getting free as we seek him. 
Every time we pray, every time we seek him, every time we ask him, God, Lord, make me a little bit more like you. God, take this out of my life. I don't like what I see. And when the word illuminates all the nasty, filthy, unprofitable things in our life, it is unwrapping another coil of that grave cloth. But tell somebody, I don't want to just be alive. Tell somebody, I want to live. I want you to write this down, those that are taking notes, and I wish everybody would. Being alive is a condition. It is a state of being. Being alive is a condition, but living is a choice. Let's say that again. Being alive... There are people who are on life support right over at the hospital right now. Technically, they are alive. Got a pulse. They breathing. But they're not living. And the devil is baking that we settle on existence rather than living. In your family, you shouldn't just be tolerating each other. God let you be born in that family so that you all, do you know that God is the God of families? We talk about that in the summer when we talk about the fight for the family. God let, God blesses entire families. The God of Jacob, Isaac, and Abraham. You know, God, God blesses lineages and, and, and what God wants to do. So you don't want us to be tolerating the people that you're born unto. God, there is a special bond of unity that God wants to create through families and through friendships and through all these things. But if we just allow it to exist, the devil will win. Tell somebody the devil will not win. The next thing I want to talk about in this scripture, y'all, is the power of connection. Somebody say connection. The power of connection is, is, is real powerful, y'all. I'm going to talk to y'all. I'm going to talk to them. I ain't being fresh with, with my... With, with my. <laughs> uh, the power of connection. It's real powerful. And, and, and let, let me tell you this. We all are connected. And tell somebody there is power in your connections. Let me tell you this. When Jesus, still sticking with the story of Lazarus, Jesus could have said, dead people come forth. And every grave would have been open. But what he said specifically was Lazarus come forth. You know what that indicated? That Jesus knew him that he was connected he had the benefit of connection that nobody else in the graveyard had i'm sure there were other people in the graveyard that would say you know what i'd like a i'd like a second chance in life i i, I you know like man that ain't fair man look let say excuse me y'all <laughs> my boy jesus calling me i got to i got to you know Tell somebody it matters who you're connected to. And by virtue of Lazarus being connected to Jesus, Jesus knew the family. It wasn't just, it wasn't just an happenstance because if you look at the chapter after it, if you look at the chapter after it, they were giving Jesus a feast celebrating the miracle that he had done. You don't do that to people you don't know. Somebody say connection. Connections matter. 
Who you're connected to matters. Connections matter more than money. Because if I'm connected to the right people, money doesn't matter. See, when you got a real good friend and they own an assembly, your money is no good here. Just come on in. Somebody say connections. Connections matter. And what I want to do real quickly, I want us to write down and assess our connections. We're connected to Jesus. Just like Lazarus was connected to Jesus. And one of the elephants we have to assess is our connections. That your, your, your life is going to rise and fall based upon your connections. I'm not talking about who you hobs, who you brown nose and hobnob with. I'm talking about who you are truly connected with. Not superficial. I'm talking about people that speak into your life, people that have influence over the way you think, the way you act, and what you do. Somebody say connections. I want you to ask, I want you to ask these questions. What or who am I connected to? And these, these, you don't have to answer these this week, right now. Just answer them this week in your meditation. What or who am I connected to? I'm going to say that again. The next, the next question is, why am I connected? Who or what am I connected to? And why am I connected? It may be you met at work. Might be that you related to them. Because you might, you might be romantically involved. I don't know what it is. But why are you connected? The next thing is, what impact is the connection having on my life? These are difficult questions, y'all. This will shine a mirror on you, and it is what it is. You know, the first, thing, first promise we made to ourselves last week is that we be honest. Tell somebody, I'm going to be honest. So what impact is this connection having on my life? And the last thing is, is this a God connection? Woo! That question will get you in trouble. First it is, what or who am I connected to? And then we're going to ask, why am I connected? Then, last, then next we're going to ask, what impact did this connection have on my life? Let's be honest. Whenever I'm, whenever I'm in contact with this person, do I get closer to God or further away from him? This, this iron sharpening iron, or do these people dilute my faith? Woo! I don't care if y'all pulled wagons together in the elementary school. Y'all used to rob banks and throw rocks in the lake together. What impact are they having on your life and most importantly, your faith? And then lastly, is it a God connection? I want to talk about the good side of connections first. Somebody say God connections. I want you to turn with me to Isaiah the 65th chapter. Anybody getting anything out of this today? Isaiah 65 and 8, it says this. Thus says the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster, and they say don't destroy it, for there is a blessing, somebody say a blessing, in it. Tell somebody, there's a blessing in it. So I will do for my servant's sake and will not destroy them all. Let me unpack this for a second. Tell somebody, there is, say there is, new wine 
but it's only found in the cluster. Let me break it down for you, please. How many know that grapes make wine? And y'all know that, you know, you can make, you can make a lot of things out of, out of grapes. You can make marmalade. You can make grape juice. You can make all this. But the full, the epitome of the purpose of, 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 of a grape, the, 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 the apex of the grape is to create wine. It's going through a process. It's going through purification. It's going through fermentation. It's going through all those things. It, it, it takes time. You can grab some grapes and throw them in and put them in the speed process to make some jelly any day. But that's it takes time to make wine. And God said that new wine, somebody say new wine. It's not found in one grape. It's found in the cluster. It's found in connected grapes. One, one grape can't make no wine. But when all the grapes get together, when they are connected, when I feel your hurts, when I feel your infirmities, when God puts you in my heart in the middle of the night and I wake up and I start praying, when I'm connected with my grape, connect with your grape, together we make new wine. And I'm speaking to everybody in this place. They say, as long as I got King Jesus, I don't need nobody. That's a lie from the pit. You are just one single solitary grape. And unless you connect with a fellow brother or sister, unless you tell your testimony, unless you let the strong bear the infirmities of the weak, my brother, my sister, there are no long ranges in the kingdom. You need to get in a cluster. But the last church I was in, they hurt me. That was the last church, and those are the last people. You are never gonna make new wine unless you get in a cluster. Hush somebody's him, get in a cluster. Get in the cluster. That's what the devil is banking on, is that you stay isolated. That's what the devil is banking on, that you think about my going no more. But by the glory of God, we will get together and we will start producing new wine. You want God to do a new thing. What well, a new thing is found in a new wine. And the only way we're going to be new wine is if we get in a cluster. So this is my challenge to everybody that's been hanging out on the periphery. Get in the cluster. There is protection in the cluster. There is a blessing. Look, look at what the word of God says. Now that I've explained it, let's read it again. Thus says the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster of the grapes, and they say, do not destroy it. The cluster has value. You can be destroyed on your own, but tell somebody not in the cluster. Whew. See, it's just like National Geographic. You know the antelope that's lagging in the behind? <laughs> that's the one that the cheetah gonna get. But if you stay in the cluster, oh my God, tell somebody stay in the cluster. Stay in the cluster. See, every time life gets hard, we want to pull away from the body of Christ. But God said, as the evil day draws closer, we should draw nearer. Go 
preaching in this place today. Tell somebody, get in the cluster. You tired of the everyday existence, the every week existence? You tired of, you tired of passing the same rock? It's because you may not be in the cluster. Somebody say God connections. Anybody getting anything out of this? So I want you to assess your life. God, what are my God connections? What are, what are, what are my Ruth and Naomi connections? What's, what are my David and Jonathan connections? Every connection is not going to be positive. Some of you need, sometimes you need some connections to tell you about your crazy self. Oh, that's just me. That's just me. I didn't say we want a peanut gallery. People that like bobbleheads just say yeah all the time. No, you need somebody to tell you you're wrong. There's two left shoes. There's accountability in the cluster. And that's what I mean. A lot of people don't want to join up the stuff because they don't want accountability. I want to do what I want to do. I want to come and go. I want to eat, burp, and leave. And I don't want to be accountable. But tell somebody that's not the, tell somebody, that's not the kingdom way. So we can't claim the new things that God wants to do if we are not joined to a cluster. I say it like this. God says, where I see unity, I command a blessing. That means that God, he's like, blessing, you wondering, I need you to go right there where I see you. Healing, go to that spot of unity right there. Provision. I believe that as we cluster together and as we're about to go through this period of fasting, tell somebody that's, that's how we cluster. I bring, you bring your grape, you bring your little bit of juice, you bring your little bit of juice, you bring your testimony, you bring your issue, you bring your and we're going to cluster them all together and we're going to present it to the master and watch him bless it. Anybody excited about what God is doing? Last thing I want to share with you before we go. Is the flip side of that connection and it is toxic relationships somebody say toxic Hebrews 12 and 1 says this it says wherefore we seeing that we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and every sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us I want to give you a quick example of a toxic relationship God had made a promise to Abram he said I'm going to make you and your name great all the descendants of you is going to be look up at the sky look at the stars look at the sand you're not going to be able to count a number he said, but I need you to leave the place of familiarity. Tell somebody, leave the familiar. And he told Abram, I want you to go to a place that I'm going to show you. How many of us would leave without knowing what the destination is going to be? That's why he's called the father of faith. He left all that was familiar, all that made him. He left his family, his whole identity. And he sought and went after God. And he did just like many of us do. He's like, man, God, I just met God Jehovah. 
He's my God. He's calling me friend. He's calling me out. And it is a, a crazy thing that God is about to do. He's about to advance my life. He's about to make me a uh, ruler over many. Uh, my, my descendants are going to be, be so many I can't even number. He said, you know what? I'm going to share in this. I want somebody to share in this. I don't want to be selfish about it. So he told his nephew Lot. He said, Lot, come on with me, man. We're going to follow God. Come on with me. He said, okay, uncle, that sounds good. I'm going to roll with you. And guess what? God started prospering. God was true to what he said he was going to do. God started prospering Abram. He started prospering even Lot. Because how many know sometimes you can be, people will coattail off you and get the crumbs from your table. And that's satisfied. They will live vicariously or through proxy of your life. And they're willing to live off the crumbs. So I'll let you, I'll let you fast. I'll let you pray. I'll let you deny yourself. And I'll just live off the residual. <laughs> and so Lot was doing that. And so not only was God prospering Abram, but he was prospering Lot. To the point what Lot had his own herd and his own herdsmen, he had his own servants. God had prospered him that much just by being around him. And Abram had. Abram had his own. And what happened is they grew so big that the herdsmen and the servants began to fight amongst each other. And then there was strife starting to grow between them. And so what Abram had to do, he said, nephew, I love you. But I'm realizing, have anybody, has anybody realized in the middle of a thing, like, Lord, I done messed up. <laughs> uh-oh. Like, uh-oh, I shouldn't have included these people. My exuberance had my mouth running, and I got people attached to my trailer that should not be. Anybody ever been there? I'm going to be honest, I'm, I can admit it myself. I mean, you had a good business opportunity that God gave you favor and he gave you access to. Like, man, you know, this person right here will be a good person. And ever, and ever since, you've, they've attached to you. Stuff been going in a tailspin. Could it be possible that that promise was for you? And it was not for them. Or maybe it's for them, but not the time that maybe God's got to get you to a place first. See, so many times we're trying to be Harriet Tubman and we ain't free ourselves yet. Ooh, I want to go back. Come on with me. No, they're going to slow you down. They're going to impede your progress. Because again, there are degrees of freedom. There is free and then there is free indeed. Not everybody wants to be free indeed. Some people like the comforts of Egypt. We were slaves, but we were fed every day. We had to make, we had to make bricks with no straw, but at least we knew where we were going to sleep every night. See, bondage has its comforts. And not everybody wants to be free indeed. Is this helping anybody today? But one thing I want to do as we're about to leave I want to free you from this. And let's everybody say. That God wants to invite you into the living room. That whenever there's a good host, 
They'll come in and say, come on and sit down. Come on and join with This is where in the living room is where we're going to fellowship. In the living room is where we're going to learn about each other. Tell me about your day. What's going on in your life? What can I pray about? What, what's, what's been going on in your world? That's where interaction, that's where cross-pollination. And God is saying, I am inviting you into the living room. Touch them, I tell them, tell them, come on into the living room. God doesn't want you to exist anymore. God wants you to come into the living room. And the living room is going to be determined by some of the connections you have and the choices that you make to be alive or live. And I want to tell, I want to tell people this to free you from toxic relationships. That you have to want freedom more than you want acceptance. In fact, internal freedom and external acceptance will never be roommates. They are never going to live together. You have to make a choice. And I want to free some people in here. That some of you have been bound by some of your connections. God said they are toxic. They are depleting you. Some of them may have been God connections that the time has, that the time has expired. That you are holding on to it too long. Anything that you hold on too long will make you sick. Not to be too gory, but I saw my wife have children three times. And after that, I saw the placenta come out because it had served its purpose. They pulled on the umbilical cord. And once what, once, what was once a conduit to feed our children, oxygen and nutrients had served its purpose. And it was time for it to come out. But I've also known people that they didn't get all the placenta out and it became what? Toxic. Something that served a good purpose that stayed longer than it should have. That once gave life. God, I thank you. But stayed too long. God. This is freeing somebody in this place. Became toxic to you. And I'm speaking over your lives right now. That God will clear up your vision so that you can see with discernment the things and the people and the connections that are feeding you and the ones that are toxic to you. And I don't care who they are. I'm not advocating, I'm, I'm not trying to stir up family strife, but if mama's toxic, we got to take a step back. If brother and sister are toxic, because see so many times we can be bound by stuff we didn't have nothing to do with. You are the one that said, I'm going to pull myself up by the bootstraps. 
You're the one that said, I'm going to make something out of myself while the rest of the family going to stay sorry. And all of a sudden, you're going to make me feel guilty because I went and got up and made something out of myself. The devil is a lie, and you are one too. Uh, you done went and got that degree. You, yeah, yeah, you know what? I am doing better, and you can do better too. Tell them, Pastor Tony said you're toxic. If you are depleting me, if every time I come around you, my faith is reducing, and I feel like I am bound, honey, child, you are toxic. And you got to go. I ain't saying don't cut them off and don't call them. But I got to love you with a long handle. And y'all know them crazy people in your life. Don't play with me. They toxic. Some of your parents, grown, good and grown, crusty feet children. Won't do right. Maybe the reason that God won't finish, finish and complete the work and fulfill what he said he would do because you keep making their landing too soft. You're stepping in and being God for them. And God said, I'm, you, you asked me to save them. This one may take to get rock bottom and you keep putting a mattress at the bottom of the well. God, Lord, would you let me finish? <laughs> but God said, you are released. You can walk out of the toxicity if you want to. said you are already free the cell doors are open you can walk out whenever you are ready like I said living is a choice freedom is a choice and you are free to walk away from toxic relationships it don't matter who they are y'all Jesus had to rebuke his own mama <laughs> because she shifted and she, was, she became a mother trying to keep her son from dying and he had to rebuke his own mama and say take her away because I got a job to do and if I see my mama there crying it's going to make my job harder to do and if Jesus had to do that to his own mama who are you? this is hard stuff y'all but how many of you want to be free from your elephants? How many of you want to live that life to the full that Jesus talked about? Come on, hold hands with your name. Lady Tiff, come up here. Touch your neighbor and tell him, come on into the living room. Come on, come on, tell them again. Tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them. That's joy in the living room. Come on, tell them that's peace in the living room. Tell them, come on in, come on, come on, encourage them, encourage them. Encourage about three people around you. Come on, tell them that's joy in the living room. That's joy. 
It's peace. Tell him you can live again. It's going it's to be some hard decisions. It's going to be some choices you're going to have to make. So people might get upset with you. But I tell somebody, I want internal freedom. More than I want external acceptance. Say it again. Say, I want internal freedom. More than I want external acceptance. We're going to say it one more time. Tell them, I want internal freedom. More than I want external acceptance. Tell them, I mean that thing. I mean it. I mean it. I mean it. I mean it. Come on, let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for this word that has found us where we are at the life level. We thank you, Lord, that you called us not to just be alive, but to live. Not only to live, but live the abundant life to the full, God. We thank you right now that you are removing the things that have our hands and our feet bound, God. You are taking the the, the napkin off of our face so we can see you clearly. We can speak clearly. We can hear clearly. Most of all, God, we can think clearly. Lord, for it's with the mind that we serve you. We thank you, Lord, that even that, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the connection that we have with you and the God connections that you have given us. We thank you, Lord, that you illuminate and you show us every person, everything, every organization that is for us, that is destined for us. And Lord, you also show us everything, every person and every place that is toxic and is not for us. And Lord, as you show us, God, we will make the necessary decisions regardless as to who and what they feel like. Because we want internal freedom more than we want external acceptance. God, we want to hear you say, well done. God, we want to hear you say that we'll please. God, we want you to fulfill everything that you promised. And so it requires that we come into the living room. Lord, I pray over every destiny right now. Lord, I pray over every dead and dormant dream right now. Lord, we are praying, Lord, that the people of God make a decision to come out of their grave clothes and to begin to live and to begin to walk in their callings and to begin to walk in their giftings, God. That they make hard decisions, that they prune their vine, God, and they cut the people and places and things that are holding them up from walking in the full measure. God, the, today the word has found us. And God, your word makes a demand that we make a decision. Lord, this is our day of reckoning. Yes. This is the day that we choose you. Yes. Who we're going to serve. Yes, and so right now, Lord, we pray faith into the hand of our neighbor. Could you pray for your neighbor right now? Just begin to pray for them. You don't have to know what they're going through. Pray for them. Come on, pray faith and clarity of thought. Come on, let them audibly hear you praying. Come on, come on, pray. That's it, that's it. That's it. 
That's it. Lord, give them courage to make hard decisions. Open up the eyes of their understanding. Lord, reveal unto them who is for them and who is against them. Lord, let them see and know. Show them the lots in their life. Show them the lots, God. Show them the toxic people. Show them the ones that don't mean them any good, God. Show them the ones who are the weeds that are choking out the seed that's in their lives. And God, we pray a boldness as a lion to get their knives out and cut and don't even look back to see where it landed. God, for we have destiny to fulfill. We have a calling to walk out. We have people that need our testimony. We have people that need the giftings that are inside of us. And we are determined that we will fulfill. We will fulfill. We will fulfill. Come on, pray for that neighbor. Stand in agreement with them for the best for their life. That they have the boldness to come into the living room. That they put fear and apprehension aside. Come on in the living room. There's provision in the living room. There is healing in the, in the living room. There is peace in the living room. Your next level of effectiveness, God said, if you just walk out of your grave clothes, it's in the living room. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org, or facebook.com slash fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.